Now we're only one James. James is about um, teaching people how to live a Christian life. I'll read that for a start. Then I'm going to take you on a journey um, about cheese. Alright, we're going to start at 1 James, starting at uh, verse 2. Consider it pure, pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And the way I see you guys this morning is you must have all had trials before you got to church. But if you're a true Christian, you should be joyous this morning. Amen. Amen. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be a mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generous, generously all without finding fault. And it will be given to him. He asks, he must believe and not doubt. He who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded man, unstable in all he does. The brother in humble circumstances ought to take pride in his high position. But the one who is rich should take pride in his low position, because he will pass away like a wild flower. The sun rises and scorches heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich man will fade away, even while he goes about his business. Blessed is the man who preserves, perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. God has promised those who love him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just pray that you open our minds this morning. That you open our hearts to what is troubling us. Challenge us and test us. This morning, help us make decisions for your glory. Jesus' name. Amen. Preparing for any service or sermon, um, for me it starts a long time out. Now I'm, I'm never sure what I'm going to do until I get here. But now I'm still not sure. I have an idea. Um, Craig asked me to be, you know, I have to be top notch. And he always talks about films and movies and having things. So I brought my prop this morning, which is my favourite book. Um, and the reason why I like this book is because it's got big printing. <laughs> and it has pictures. And I can read it in no time at all. But the book is about change. And the cheese in the book, so it's about four things, or two mice and two little humans in a maze searching for cheese. And it reminds me of us and the Bible. 
You know how we get converted, uh, we give our lives to God, and we're on fire with the Lord. And then as time progresses, unless we stay in the Word, we tend to drift. So the book is about Biff and Scurry, who are two mice, who are used to running around in the maze looking for Jesus. And two people, small people, called Hem and Hawk, who are academics, uh, analytical, um, and not used to walking around in the maze looking for cheese. So they like to think about things a lot. In the process of going around in the maze, they discover at zone C this big amount of cheese. And they just think this is it. So they go home each night and come back and there's still cheese at the And they just love it. But Sniff and Scurry, having been in the maze for some time, are always looking for new opportunities. They're always testing and looking. Him and Hoare, they've moved in to the cheese. They've set up home. They've made themselves comfortable. But over time, the cheese starts. Over time, things change. Sniff and Scurry are in the maze looking for new opportunities all the time. Him and Hoare start complaining and analysing what's going on, but not changing personally. They're thinking, what, how could this be to me? You know, what, why, why is this happening to me? There was cheese here yesterday, why isn't there cheese today? They've become plump and slow because they haven't been active. Sniff and Scurry got the shoes on, they're running around the maze, they're looking for any opportunities, picking up a little bits of cheese along the way. Him and Hoare are trapped in a paradigm of it was there yesterday, it should be there again today. Why do I need to change? Why should I change? But cheese is running out. The food is running out, the sauce is running out. Sniff and scurry have moved on and find a little bits of cheese along the way. Him and Hoare are starting to argue. In fact, in the end, they split up because they know they've got to move on. The cheese is just a metaphor. It's a metaphor for your job, your relationships. Your plans for the future. Cheese also for me is a metaphor for our love with Jesus. And if you look at the Bible as the maze, what tends to happen is we stick with what we know when we first get saved. We stick with those few verses those chapters, those books that resonate with us. And we don't actually get into the Bible and start looking around to see what else is there available. As time goes by, those verses don't sustain us long enough. We start to drift. If you look at the modern church today, um, and I, I'm fearful for the modern church today, their paradigm at the time was to build big buildings now a lot of those buildings sit empty. The fundamental of what Jesus lost. Things have gone into buildings and monuments and 
big blocks of cheese. But those big blocks of cheese need sustaining. I was in the UK, it cost £15,000 just to maintain the, the building one church I was in, and there's 20 parishioners. And it's happening throughout New Zealand as well. Churches in Melbourne, uh, do they continue to grow? No, not, not often. The ones that tend to grow are the ones that have continued to work and do what God was asking them to do. And that's to build the kingdom, to share the faith, not to run to the cheese every day. We come to this cheese on a Sunday morning. We get our, our fuel for the day. Well, what do we do with that cheese when we're here? Christian growth and maturity. I mean, that's what it's all about. Francis Assisi preached, said, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Um, and, and I read that and I think, you know, that's amazing. We're supposed to live a Christian life. If I analyze my life on this through and through, there isn't a day that goes past that I don't sin in some shape or form, whether it's a thought or a deed or whatever, even if it's just lying to myself. I need to constantly renew myself and ask for forgiveness. This is this saying is the understanding that often the most powerful sermons are unspoken. When we have integrity and live consistently by our standards, people notice. When we radiate joy and happiness, they notice even more. And it's radiating that joy and happiness when we're going through trials and temptations. That's the difference. That's the key. I have a, a colleague of mine, and we'll call her Jan, just for case somebody works out who that person is. In June, um, I don't know whether I mentioned it another time, but uh, she started to have problems with her feet. Uh, by the end of July, she was paralysed from the waist down. Now, we don't know, and she doesn't know to this day, what caused it. We've had scans, we've had all sorts of things. But here's the thing. In the process, there's quite a few people praying for her. Now, Jan was a Christian, but that's living. And finally, she made a recommitment to know her Lord. She changed. But do we change because of the necessity that she's looking for a solution to a problem, or is it a genuine change in her heart and its perspective of life? Jesus has a plan for each and every one of us. Now, Pam's in uh, Jan's in Waikato Hospital, um, and she um, meets with the, the chaplain. Uh, she does has communion. Uh, she prays regularly. She's reading her Bible. Will it be enough, like in Jesse's case, to heal her, like the prayer was? We're not sure. Because God's plan is far different to what our plan is. Just because we believe that this person should be healed or whatever. We don't know what God's plan is. 
when our kids were younger, we adopted Jilly um, to be a grandparent. Both Jen and my parents passed before the kids. And um, but Jilly was was killed um, home from church. Person crossed the second line, took him out of the area. Amazing thing about that was the person that she normally takes home chose not to go home with her that day. They had another appointment. The changes in people around because of that accident was amazing. But one person stayed stuck in the maze, holding on to that anger, negativity, and hasn't moved on. And we continue to pray for that The thing is that trials and tribulations are going to come, whether we like them or not. When we seek wisdom, it's not a prayer bomb. Lord, I've got a problem. I need rent money tomorrow. Pay for it. I'm unwell. I want to be well in the morning. Prayer bombs don't work unless you are invested in the Word of God. Unless you're invested in prayer. We know prayer works. We've seen it. Miracles do happen. They happen in our own little church. But it's only because of people prayerfully going about what they do. Being away from church, as Jan had been for some time, and praying to believe for a healing just like that, hasn't happened. But she's moving her feet now. You know, the starts, there's little bits. Whether she'll meet her son off the plane when he arrives from London, we don't know. But there is hope. And the hope is that she will transition from where she is and start actually sharing the word with other people. John Wright, I don't know, I mean, you guys know and you guys know John Wright, was, was somebody in this church who never stopped being Francis of Assisi, living his life as a Christian, sharing the gospel. Even when he was sick in bed, he was still sharing with those who were caring. He will be glorified in heaven, as we will be glorified in heaven. We don't want to get to that, uh, was it chapter 1 of Matthew, where there's goats and sheep, and um, mixed up, and we're drafted by, you know, you can come in, you can't, because when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When were you hungry? I think we've got to start realising the fact that we are more than just giving your life to Jesus. I think some of us are trapped in the maze. It's something that was written on the wall in the maze. Change happens. They keep moving the cheese. Anticipate change. Get ready for the cheese to move. Monitor change. Smell the cheese often so you know 
when it's getting old. Adapt to change quickly. Change. Move with the change. Enjoy change. How many of us enjoy change? Be ready to change quickly and enjoy it again. Our lives are changing daily. God's plan for us is changing daily. Because he is educating us along the way with our trials and tribulations to grow to a stronger point later on. Andy said, be the change that you wish to see in the world. An ounce of patience is worth more than a ton of friction. In a gentle way, you can shape the world. How many conversations could we have that change the world? Mother Teresa said, I see somebody dying, I pick him up. I find somebody hungry, I give him food. He can love and be loved. I don't look at the colour, I don't look at the religion, I don't look at anything. Every person, whether he is Hindu, Muslim or Buddhist, he is my brother, my sister. It's interesting, I was listening to David, Dr. David Jeremiah the other day, and he said, or he's telling a story of a young man who goes to his pastor and says, and says, ask, why does God allow poverty, death, hunger, violence. And the preacher said, why don't you ask God? And the young man thought about this for a while and said, because he might ask me to do something. He might ask me. How often do we are we in that situation? Whether the opportunity is in front of us. You're all gifted people. You're all gifted. God made you uniquely you. You are special to Him. And He wants you to grow. He wants you to share that growth with other people. He wants to encourage you. This church, this community, other churches will grow if we start taking what we learn here and sharing it out there. In our workplaces, and I'm guilty. Hands up. I am not good. I meet people for coffee and sometimes I pray for them, sometimes I don't. There is opportunities everywhere to share the gospel. Jesse has an amazing story that you'll be able to share. His family have an amazing story. But that's not the only story. That's not the only story. God is so good in so many ways. I woke up this morning. I mean, that's a blessing for some. Jen's not so sure, but uh, we're working around that. But we are growing together. We got food on our table. Other people don't. We have jobs. Other people don't. We live in a country that, on the whole, is pretty safe and secure. Other people don't. We have so much to be thankful for that at times I wonder if we really are. We get caught up in false gods. I got caught up in the rugby gods. I watched three games this weekend. So um, I won't tell you the scores, but um, 
But how often does my mind get taken somewhere else? I can still do those things. God wants us to be fun, have fun and enjoy life. But there are times when I could have spent on my knees in the Word praying for somebody. And there's lots of people in my life that need prayer. We all have trial. What would you do if you weren't afraid? At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. What would you do if you weren't afraid? Prayer is one of the strongest things. Based on the word, prayer is the most powerful thing we have. It's all laid out in this book. If we're only reading three or four verses of this book, we're not getting the full story. If we look at Jesus as our cheese and the Bible as our mate, how much more of it would we read? How much more of it would we share with others? Let me just start to pull things to an end. I think it's summed up in Philippians uh, chapter 3. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called the heavenward in Christ. Press on. I think that's a message. Message? Yeah. <laughs> but I wish it takes that. From here, you have a choice. You can continue going to food station C, looking for the cheese. But if you want true fulfillment in God, read another chapter, open another verse, talk to somebody, listen to somebody. This is the Jeff Vine podcast and, and it's amazing stuff about prayer and stuff that I'll share with you know that. It isn't here that God doesn't tempt us. You know that. It's the devil that tempts us and our desire of the flesh. And through that leads to death. We stay in the word and we stay connected to Jesus Christ. We will feel the glory. Amen. 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 Amen.